it just I've never felt such racial tension at work than I did there and I didn't know that because St. Louis is so like it's so it's so black like there's a lot of black people in St. Louis but there's apparently it's just like it was it was was awful right I remember like the lady that like hired me and trained me um she would ask me questions you know personal questions and at work I tend to not like like to answer those questions but I was like I mean you keep asking the same questions so I'm gonna answer it I kept kind of just like dismissing it a little bit and she asked me like my like my current boyfriend's name right and I was just like oh his name is blah blah and she was just like oh my god (laughs) yeah and i was like no he's not he's like and then she was like but i thought you would date a white man i don't know it was really awkward what that's so weird isn't it it was so weird so like i couldn't even really be myself because it was i was already kind of like like i don't know it was just it just felt really awkward because like i never really thought about that you know like (laughs) and and people and people wonder why people make close friends groups and like don't share certain things we yeah yeah it was it was honestly i it was shocking it was very shocking because i never even thought about that i never really sat there and i was like oh is that a bad thing you know (laughs) you know but she made it sound like it was bad you know i think we were having like a work event and they asked if i was gonna bring him and then you know what's his name or whatever and then i you know said whatever and yeah and then it was more of like she was like you know what i don't even care if you do come to the work event type situation right because he's black wow um, and i was like well you know what fuck your work event i don't even want to go there <laughs> <laughs> yeah F- fuck your like charcuterie it. fuck your charcuterie <laughs> board <laughs> right <laughs> yo 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 what up y'all Dímelo, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of the Quien Tu Eres podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know it's your boy, Pavel, bringing you another episode and another special guest. This week on the podcast, we have Alejandra Gonzalez, who is a very outgoing and proud Bolivian that's absolutely obsessed with skincare. Her passion for skincare drives her desire to educate Black and Latino communities on skin health. And she's actually working on her own skincare line that caters to darker skin tones. When she's not researching skincare ingredients and taking dope pics of different skincare products for her Instagram, that's glazed period skin, she's actually a full-time marketing professional at a very large tech company who also loves the outdoors, getting lost in a book, and even loves her dog, Jakey, even more. One final thing before getting into the episode, wherever you are listening to this podcast, please do us a favor. If there's an option, please like, subscribe, write us a review your feedback and your support is only going to help these stories get heard by more people. And that's exactly what we want to do. The more people that hear these stories, the more perceptions that we can change, the closer that we get to accomplishing our mission of redefining professionalism para la cultura. All right. With that said, let's get into the episode. So first of all, appreciate you for joining me. Um, I know this is like our 10th attempt and we finally got it. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me and for being so lenient. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, let's kick it off with how we always start, you know, when people tell you to be your authentic self or when you hear the word authenticity, what comes to mind for you? Having no filters, um, but obviously not being rude. <laughs> 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 I think when you start kind of like editing your thoughts and editing yourself and editing how you act, then you end up becoming something that you're not. Um, you know, like a lot of caveats, right? You don't want to like I said, you don't want to be rude, but also you just want to be able to just project who you truly are. Um, and then if I have to edit myself, then then I'm not really being myself. And have you have you felt like you had to edit yourself previously? Um, I think it really, I think if you think about it, there's a lot of different scenarios where you do kind of have to edit yourself. And I try to avoid those scenarios um, because I think at one point in my life, um, I, was, I was raised to be like a super perfectionist person um, and that requires a lot of editing because no one's perfect right <laughs> and that was traumatizing um, but obviously it wasn't it was to no fault of anybody it was just more of like you know if you want to be successful you know you know minimize mistakes and all that good stuff um, but I think what it does to you it, it essentially makes you believe that that if you're not perfect you're kind of a failure 
Um, so now what I do that I've recognized that behavior is I try to avoid spaces where I have to constantly edit myself. Um, but I think one of the ones that we really just can't avoid is work because we all need paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Let, let's, let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about like, you know, growing up, you said you felt like you had to be that perfectionist. Like, do you think this was like you telling yourself this story? Were you like constantly hearing like, you know, you have to fit to certain mold? Like, where'd you hear that from? Um, so, you know, no shade to my mom, but my mom was very like, she's just a perfectionist to the core. Um, and then since I was like itty bitty tiny, like my mom was very, um, you know, kind of clean cut and, and that's how she raised me, right? And as awesome <laughs> as that was, <laughs> you know, um, I think, you know, as I got into school, um, making mistakes for me was just not a thing. Like I could not make mistakes. Um, I always thought that if I made a mistake, then I'm failing exponentially. Not even like it was, it was, it was like a serious, serious issue for me to make a mistake. Um, and it became such a horrible thing, like that I would not ask for help. Like it took me maybe around my years of like 2021, where I was just like, I think I need help with some things. <laughs> but nine times out of ten, I would just not ask for help. I was just like, no, if so and so can do it, then I can do it. But it's like, so and so has different resources. So maybe that's why they can do it. Um, so it started young because my mom was very, uh, you know, you have to get to a certain school. Um, if you don't get into a certain school, then we have to have like certain backups and all that good stuff. And it was just very like, it's very it's a lot of pressure right to, for a child um yeah. and then that's kind of when you start editing yourself right like that i said earlier um because you don't want to i don't want to like fail and also disappoint my mom or, or my dad yeah. my dad was very chill <laughs> complete opposite <laughs> you know just live your life whereas my mom's like what school are you gonna go to i don't know i'm six like <laughs> you know <laughs> what schools are there <laughs> you know so it was it was very it was very like that but I think once we moved to, uh, to the United States it changed a lot because you know um, we started from the bottom right so you have to adjust your your expectations a lot more um, just be able to speak <laughs> you know <laughs> who cares about all the other stuff right just can you write can you speak um, can you communicate articulate things thoroughly um, and then, you know, once you start doing that, it just becomes a more of like, okay, so like, how edited do I want to be in this different environment, right? Um, because like, I feel like in my country, um, you know, you, we went to like, really like, I guess, private schools that you had to test into. So it was a different environment. Whereas when we came here, um, it wasn't a thing. Like you just went to a school that was assigned to your like district or, or wherever you live, which, you know, to us, that was a foreign concept. Right. right. It was it was an adjustment nonetheless, because, you know, when you come here, you don't you know, you don't have money. So you don't go mm -hmm. to the best schools if you don't have money. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think the editing started in many ways when I moved here, because it was more of like I also want to fit in with with the crowd. But I'm very unfamiliar with the crowd. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so it was more of like not shunning or like shutting away my culture but more of like, like, I want to understand your culture. So I have to put my culture in the back burner a little bit so that I can essentially fit in, but not like completely lose myself. Right. right. I think that's a really tight rope that immigrants balance. Um, but when you're a kid, it's very difficult because you're already mm -hmm. trying to just figure out who you are and how to essentially grow. And then on top of that, you're like, am I Bolivian or am I American? And how do I edit myself properly for both environments? Yeah, it's, it's very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's so, re that's relatable on so many different levels. And I'm sure not only to me, but whoever's listening and watching, tell me, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because like our parents want the best for us, right? And they want us to succeed. And in a lot of ways, like they don't want us to go through the same struggles that they went through, right? So they push us like really hard. But it's interesting because you mentioned your home country, right, in Bolivia, and it you mentioned that you were going to kind of like a private school, like the equivalent to like a private school in Bolivia, um, and you and it's to go to a private school. It's not just like oh, I'm gonna send my kid. Like you have to have a certain status, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that status changed as you mentioned, like when you came here to the United States. Like 
tell me a little bit about like the immigration journey. Like, why did you all want to come to the U.S.? And I'm sure that was even difficult for your family as well, right? Leaving what they had to come here. Yeah, it was a really difficult decision. Um, it was mostly my dad. Because <laughs> um, he had been applying to to come to the United States for about like 20 years since he was like 20. Um, and he would apply every single year. And I think one of the, I mean, you know, when Bolivia is a third world country, so there's a lot of political instability. I mean, currently right now there's political instability, right? Um, and that is on its own, it's just not good, right? Like, because it leads to violence, poverty, um, you know, famine, all these things that that people in first world countries don't really worry about, you know, like just basic, like getting water becomes an issue, right? Where here you just, that's not a thing, right? Um, so I think one of the, the triggering points for us was there was like this privatization of water and a lot of people were going without water and that's not privatization cool. <laughs> of water. Yeah. Yeah. It was really strange um, for a little bit because obviously you don't want to do that yeah. <laughs> we all need water um so during this like weird like it was i wouldn't say it was, but it was kind of like a like an uprising of like you know the poorer communities because they can't get water um you had to there was a premium charge for water um and people were dying people were just not able to like drink or bathe or just do the cook you know like you need water for everything um if you really sat down and thought about like how many times have i used water today there's many times you have right um now if you put like a dollar amount to every single time it starts to accumulate um and that's something that i guess like kind of broke the camel's back when it came to to my family um it wasn't because we didn't have water. We, we were well off, right? I, I went to a private school. My brother went to a private school. So these issues weren't really that serious for us. Um, but I think it was more of like, we saw the the, uh, the privatization of natural resources as well as just like the political instability and just the lack of political guidance. Um, leadership was lacking, <laughs> to say the least. So, so my dad was like, we just need to leave. And my mom was very like, ha, like, why? Like, we're good. Um, but then, you know, he was like, you know, we got to do it for them and their future, right? Because uh, it's so uncertain. Like, we don't know where our country's going to end up. And I mean, at this point right now, I mean, not too long ago, we didn't really have a president. We had to like put in an interim president, right? So my dad was right, right? Like the instability, the political instability wasn't short-lived. It's, it's just a, we don't know the end of it, right? And you know, for my mom, who's, you know, <laughs> who's adjusted to like the finer things in life, that was like a little hard to swallow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, when we did move here, we ended up in Miami. Um, and we ended up in like a very, I don't even remember. It was like, I don't remember the neighborhoods um, because I was little. I was 10 years old. I remember just like the melting pot of just Latinos. Like it was just like... Yeah everybody you know puerto ricans colombians like cubans cubans everywhere like if you've been to miami (laughs) oh i i have trust me it's like little cuba like little havana (laughs) i i i love miami like i would i would move there if it wasn't so i don't know there's a lot going on in miami like they 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 say like the craziest people probably come from florida that's what they say (laughs) there's just like so so many random (laughs) so many random headlines that you're like is that in the United States? It's gotta be Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am so right there with you because um, I love Florida. It's like beautiful, right? Like Miami South Beach is just gorgeous, stunning. It's probably one of the most beautiful cities I've ever seen, um, mm-hmm. like on the beach. Um, but it's just a lot going on, so many levels of it. Like, <laughs> so, but I think you know, like um, when you know when we did move here, it's being exposed to so many different cultures, right? Um, it was very, it, it was kind of like a shock, right? Because I've never seen those people before, you know, like those those like Colombian people, and then like, and you know, I love them, you know, like I was just so intrigued and like, tell me more about you know Colombia, Puerto Rico, you know, all these places yeah, yeah. that. I've heard of, but I've never been to. Um, <clears throat> and I always ended up being the only Bolivian. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to no. say, because I was going to say, because people probably look at you, your story and they're like, oh, she moved to Miami. Like she's around a bunch of Latinas, but it's not the same. Like there's so many different ethnicities and cultures and subcultures, right? So like 
how did it feel to be like one of the only Bolivians in in a place where you're still surrounded by a bunch of Latinas, but it's not the, it's not the same, right? It's really not. And I think, you know, you really start seeing it, you know, well, you know, our foods tend to be similar because, you know, the Spanish colonization. But yeah. I think one of the, uh, the things that really like brought it forth is how we speak, mm. you know, like, you know, Puerto Ricans speak different than like Colombians and Colombians speak different than like, you know, Peruvians and Bolivians and Ecuadorians yeah. speak completely different. So it was really interesting to see it, like hear it, you know, um, I remember when I first moved and like <laughs> this guy who's Puerto Rican, he like started talking to me. I could not understand a word he was saying. Like, <laughs> and I was like, what is this dialect? <laughs> like, I was like, what is he saying? Um, he was speaking so fast and like, you know, it was just very, very beautiful. But at the same time, I was just like, I want to understand. Um, <laughs> There's so, there, I'll be a shout out to the Puerto Ricans, but there's so many memes on like Puerto Rican Spanish, like people making fun of them, it's hilarious. I love them, you know, because it's like, it's just, it's a, it's a different swag and I love it, right? <laughs> but at the time, I just didn't know what was happening. So I was just like, wow. Um, and then, you know, like Peruvian people speak kind of similarly to Bolivian, but they still don't. Um, so as like the only person that was like Bolivian, <laughs> I don't know, it was like a lot of questions that I had to answer, you know? Yeah. And as a well, child, you know, you're just like, I mean, I don't know, like, they'd be like, like, what's your favorite food? And I would say it, right? Like, because food's like something that unites all of us. We all get hungry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I would say it, like, you know, like, uh, a, a staple, um, I guess, Bolivian snack is, uh, it's kind of like an empanada, but it's like a salteña. <clears throat> it's a little different. And I would say that, and they would just, like, they wouldn't understand it, you know, which I understand because you've never seen one. It's, it's like a difficult like pastry to describe, right? As a 10 year old, like, look at me. Right. I don't know the ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> right, so right. it's delicious, you know? Um, so I think, I think, you know, it just describing food, describing like, and they'd be like, what are the differences? And I'm like, well, my country's a lot poorer than yours. So like, you know, just walking down the street is a completely different experience than, you know, you would experience, right? Um, and also, because I was well off, my experience is completely different than probably most Bolivians, right? So, <laughs> like, there's many layers to the differences that, that essentially, when someone asks me about my country, you know, it would be, I, I wouldn't know where to start. Um, and this actually didn't have, this, um, I had, like, a really interesting conversation with this girl that I went to Thailand with. Um, <clears throat> well, actually, I went with my friend, and her friend lives in Thailand, and she, like, started talking to me about, you know, Thailand and Vietnam and all these different places. And I was like, that's dope. And then <laughs> she like asked me about Bolivia and she was like, how do people get around in Bolivia? And I was like, with cars? And she was like, but it's such a poor country. And I was just like, yeah, it is, but there's cars, you know? Like, <laughs> 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 you know, like I was like, yeah, that's true. But people have cars. I mean, it's not like, you know, the richest country, obviously, but people have cars. And then she was like, I thought they would use more bikes. And I was like, I never <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> I thought you she was going to say like horses or something like <laughs> just walking. Just walking. Yeah, walking. <laughs> no one has time for this. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was really interesting to talk to different people and their experiences. Um, I used to live in Venezuela for like a little bit. And like Venezuela is completely different from Bolivia um so it was it was just really just like within our culture or like our our community right there's so many different like nuances right and yeah. when you're like little and you're bombarded by all of them and you're also in a different country um it becomes quite a lot it's it's a lot to, i i kind of just kind of like stuck to myself which i normally wasn't like that uh, when i was in bolivia i was very outgoing and just you know kind of like i am right now um, but when I first moved here, it was so much like, it was like an information <laughs> overload that I just kind of was like, ooh, I'm just going to sit here, assess the situation for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'd love to hear about like, why, like, why did you feel like you had to just like hide and like, not hide necessarily, but just like keep to yourself? Like, was there, tell me about some of the, the emotions that came up. Like, was there shame? Was there pride? Because right now, like, right, you seem so outgoing, you're laughing, we're both laughing about it. But at the time, like, I'm sure that was, like, during those formative years, like, it was a completely different experience, right? Yeah, it was, it was, I think it was more, like, 
I was scared to fail. Like I was scared to not be able to communicate because, you know, I, I've been raised to just be like this perfect person, which once again, it's just, you know, when I have kids, I will not do that, you know, and I'm not saying my mom like this is like tripping or whatever, but like you're just you want your kids to be successful. So you instill this like this, you know, specific standard that you want them to follow. Um, <clears throat> I, I won't do that because kids are kids, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're doing the best they can. They're just trying to figure things out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they don't know a lot. Um, but I think for, for, for me, when I first got here, it, it was so, I don't want to say unnerving, but it was just very aggravating that I couldn't speak, that I couldn't communicate properly. Um, even with like, you know, like speaking to Puerto Rican people in Spanish, I was like, I can't even stop, like talk in Spanish. Like what's going on here? Like, <laughs> I can't speak at all. Like it just, it felt like I wasn't, you know, and communication is so important, right? Like you, that's how you basically tell people who you are, how you're feeling. It's, it's, it's just what makes our society what it is, right? Me being able to yeah. talk to you and, and elaborate on, on my thoughts and, and all that good stuff. And, and when you're not able to do that, it's just, it kind of closes you off automatically, right? You don't oh. really, like, I remember we, <clears throat> like, some of our classes were in Spanish and some of them were in English. Um, I don't know why, but I think, obviously, you know, <laughs> when you go to school, they're like, does she speak English or does she speak Spanish or does she speak both? And then, you know, my dad was like, she just speaks Spanish, right? So obviously they had to like, you know, mix it, you know, and have like Spanish classes and English classes. And I remember for one of my English classes, like what frustrated me the most was like, they would already kind of like discount me a little bit. They'd be like, oh, she can't talk. So let's just move forward. Like, oh, it, you know, like when, you know, you, <laughs> you go by like student, student, and you like assign them something. Um, and they'd be like, oh, Alejandra, um, no, next, right? It just irked me. I was just like, word. <laughs> so I remember for one class, uh, one of my teachers, she had like assigned everybody like a poem by, by someone, right? And she wanted us to talk about the poem. And like, when it came to like, when it was my turn, um, she was about to skip me and I was like, no. <laughs> like, I know the poem, I know what it means. And I struggled or whatever, but I, at least I did it, you know, because it was just so aggravating being just like, discounted right um and i think that's like how a lot of immigrants feel right when you when you first come here regardless if you're in school or or anything right you're automatically just put in like this little bucket of just they don't matter kind of like their opinion doesn't they, they can't even talk so why would their opinion matter right and i think that's why i was so closed off because it felt like like i came from like <laughs> i was very articulate like I was like at the top of my class, I was doing the most basically and to doing the absolute least because people thought that I didn't have the ability, um, mm -hmm. it was very aggravating. So I think that's why I just kept to myself. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And it's so dope that eventually you got to the point where you were just like, whoa, whoa, don't, don't skip me. I have something to say, right? Like what, <laughs> what made you do that though? Was, was it just like, you got tired of just hiding or like, was it a moment that inspired you to be like, you know what, I can do this. You know, what was it for you? I think it was just the fact that I've always been able to do it. Like, you know, back in Bolivia, like I would be the one that would help you. Like, you know, like if any like kids had issues, like I'll gladly like go over there and like help them. And like my teachers relied heavily on me on that. And I just, I like being like of service, right? Um, and I've always been like that since I was like little. Um, I just, I was like, how can I help, you know? And, <laughs> and you know, here it felt like, like I needed the help, which, you know, kind of ties into the whole, like, I don't like getting help, you know? Um, and then, you know, it was more of like, oh, she doesn't know what's happening. Like, you know, like they would ask somebody else to help me figure things out. And I was like, no, I got this. Like, I can do this. I can do it on my own. I appreciate it. Kind of. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's a little aggravating, but I can do it on my own because I've done it before. Um, and just because I can't speak this language doesn't mean that I can't do it, which also like, like lit a fire under my ass to learn like English, right? Like I didn't want to just have someone like feel the need to translate constantly because I had, you know, it's Miami. So you have people that are, like I said, you know, from our Latin community that spoke English and Spanish. And I think one of them sat next to me and I was young. I don't remember people's names, <laughs> but she was such a sweet little girl, right? She was so Aww. sweet. Yeah. She was adorable. And she would always like, you know, kind of translate things for me. Um, and I remember when she like, 
you know, she was doing it. And like, I told her, you know, like, I really appreciate it, but I really need to like do this on my own. Um, because if I, it, I don't want to keep relying on you, like, like one day you might get sick and you're not here. Right. Like, what am I going to do then? Right. So it's, it's a sense of like, I have to be independent and I have to be able to do my own thing. Um, because I've always done it and I don't intend of stopping because I just can't speak the language. It just means mm -hmm. that I have to step up and learn it. I don't, I don't know if that's an immigrant thing or if, like for me personally, or if it's just like an only child syndrome, but I struggle with that so much, even in my like relationships, like if I'm dating somebody, I hate relying on them or I hate even like asking them for help in any way. It could be like, yo, can you review this, like this funny video I'm about to post? Like, I don't even do that. And like my therapist told me that I typically don't feel as close to people that I date because I don't share that side of me or because like I don't allow them to help me in some way. Yo, oh my God, it drives me crazy. But I'm like, but I don't, I don't need them. I could do this myself. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but I, she, she keeps telling me like literally all the time, like I'm not going to build as strong of a connection with people if I continue to isolate myself. And it, I, oh my God, it's, it's the biggest struggle for me. Yeah. And I understand because I actually had to learn that in my last relationship because I used to be very um, like, I don't need no man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're dating, right? But like, I'll, I'll carry the relationship and I don't have yeah. a problem with it. <laughs> you know, like, I'm strong. I got this, you know? Um, but like with the last one, he just, he kind of like told me like, everyone needs someone. All right. Like you, you, if you take everything on, then how, like how stressed out are you really? And I never really sat back and thought of like the level of stress that I'm under. Um, Cause I've always been, I guess if you think about it as an immigrant, you're kind of always in survival mode. Right. Yeah. So the stress level has been there. Um, and then, you know, when he said like, how stressed are you really? And I was just like, how stressed am I? Let's really like <laughs> unpack that. <laughs> it turns out I'm stressed. Right. I mean, at the yeah. time I was, and yeah. that's when I started to just be like, Oh, yes, I guess I could rely on you on certain things. But, you know, I always had, like, a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you, like, <laughs> failed in the plan A, I'd be like, it's fine, it's fine. We got a plan B. Everything's okay. I knew you would do this. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, I'm, I completely, like, relate to that on so many levels because I was always like that. I was like, I don't want to rely on it. I don't want to bug people. I hate mm. bugging people. Or I feel like a, I feel like a burden. I know. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that yeah. so much. I'm like, word. Like, do you not have legs and arms and a mouth, girl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's crazy. Like, for me, like, no one has told me, like, Pabell, you're such a burden. Like, I, I tell myself that story. Yep, same. Which is, same. yeah. I see you. You're the I'll same person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's... It's you know, like your story is so interesting, too, because like the first part of your life, let's say like those early years, you know, you were in your home country. Then you go to a place where not it's not your home country, but you're surrounded by a lot of people that look like you that speak the language. Right. Not the same way. But then you have so many other parts of your life where it's not like that. Like, didn't you? I mean, we can get into work, which I definitely want to get into. Right. Because those are spaces that there's let's face it, not a lot of diversity. But also, didn't you move to like Idaho or something? <laughs> let's talk about the dark times <laughs> by the way by the way wait before getting into Idaho so random I um I, I studied abroad in Barcelona one year in college and uh two of my roommates they were like best friends they they were they were from Idaho and they were Mexican and I was like oh are there a lot of Mexicans in Idaho he was like yo a ton whatever what? fast forward like 10 years later I, I'm in this like event at Facebook for work and it was like this Latin ad event where like we're networking with a bunch of people and I meet this girl randomly who works at Goldman Sachs and I was like oh shit like are you from New York she's like no I'm from Idaho um and I was like oh my god like my roommate in Barcelona is from Idaho but like it's such a big world like what are the odds that you two know each other and she was like no Idaho is fucking tiny and we're both Mexican I bet you we know each other they knew each other it's a thriving community of three people. And else, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I bet you there were no Bolivians, though. So tell me about that. No, there wasn't. <laughs> Honestly, I think when, okay, so I moved there when I was around, like, 11, I think. Because, um, you know, Miami, it was dope, but my parents couldn't find a job. 
um, like a good uh, job and we were just like you know basically like just pillaging our savings right just to live mm-hmm. and obviously you don't want to do that um and so we ended up moving to idaho because uh, one of the um you know like we met a missionary in uh, bolivia and my mom is always very like welcoming and like sweet and adorable she was like coming in you know and then we ended up being friends with them and then you know they were like oh, if you're ever in the united states come visit and we did that and they were like wow i didn't know you'd be here <laughs> but all right <laughs> right you thought <laughs> um so we ended up in boise and i think one of uh it's just it was like such a shock you know going from like such a diverse latin community to just you know caucasity you know like it was just caucasity. Not- <laughs> like all right it's fine um i think one of the hardest parts was being the only like i mean i there were mexican people right i think there was was like two other kids um that were in my class right like not in my yeah there was yeah in my class there were two other kids but you know like i'm I'm assuming in different grades there were like other kids right but i wasn't tripping over other grades because i wasn't around them um but yeah there were two other kids um it was a boy and a girl very nice right obviously we all stuck together because come on now (laughs) you kind of have to um but i think you know in my neighborhood like where i live there wasn't right there it was just me and it was very interesting because i just um i stood out you know like and you know standing out is just it's always a good thing but also a bad thing right like it's a good thing in the sense that like you know at least you won't be forgotten (laughs) you know like (laughs) Like, you know, like if the bus leaves, wait a minute, we're short. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But, (laughs) and it's bad because like everyone just looks at you. Right. And I remember just the first time that I went to like, you know, catch the, like the school bus, it was just me and like a few other kids. And like, they kind of like, just kind of showed me a little bit like I was on this side. And then I like stood next to one of them. And then like, they kind of like, you know, just shoved a little bit to the other side. And I was like, oh, that's fine this is great. It just keeps getting better. Life is awesome. (laughs) You know? Um, And it's interesting because like um, in Bolivia, like the school that I went to, it was super diverse, right? Like you had like, you know, like black people and you also had very like blonde white people too. And, and no one really like said anything, you know, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing to just kind of say, oh, these people are different than these people, right? Everybody was Bolivian right uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's very strange to just to be bolivian and to also be latino and to and to be around people that just kind of just see you as mexican <laughs> 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 to a country i've never been <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? or know nothing of <laughs> right so it was it was interesting because it was like many different identity crises happening at the same time you know just being bolivian right and i haven't been bolivian long you know i'm 10 years old when i when i left um, and I'm a child, like, what, what do I really know about, you know, the Bolivians experience, right? Um, <clears throat> I just know my family and, and my family life, right, which is fantastic, but I don't really know that much as, as, as someone that's Bolivian that's like 30 years old, right? I, there's no comparison, right? Uh, and then, you know, being Latin, right, in a community that doesn't really have that many Latin people, you get asked questions about, you know, <laughs> this is hella racist, like, somebody asked me, like, where the closest Mexican restaurant was. <laughs> wow. I actually don't know. <laughs> like, like, I was like, I don't know. And You're like, oh, you know what? That's a good question. When you find out, you let me know. <laughs> right? I was like, wow, that's a, yeah. But like things like that, right? Like different, you know, like I would get looked at differently, right? Um, um, I remember like there was a lot of foods that I hadn't tried um like beef jerky i've never tried that like i don't think we have that in bolivia right and i remember this girl was like she was fascinated by me because you know i was so different and like she gave me some beef jerky (laughs) and like i i I put it in my mouth and it was just nasty right because like if you think about it (laughs) like something that you've never had before and like i like spit it out and she was like oh my god you really are so stupid oh like she just went off on me and i was just like i've never had it before like i mean just just like the level of tolerance was just nowhere like where you think it should be right 
especially yeah. for kids. Like the kids are different here than they are elsewhere. They're very bold. <laughs> here, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang, chill out. That that makes me feel like um, one time when I told my coworkers, I was like, they like they ordered they. I think we had an event for like a client and they ordered a charcuterie board. And I was like, I'm sorry, y'all. What the fuck is a charcuterie board? And they were like, Pabell, have you never had burrata? And I was like, no. what the fuck is burrata? But like, yeah, people look at me like I'm fucking like from Mars or something. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Chill with the judgment? Dang. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I think it's, that's the thing. Yeah. No, right? before, yeah. you think about it right like oh, i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but like no. like i didn't know what that was either when you like <laughs> i can't even say what you just said <laughs> <laughs> right? i've heard of it you know i think i watched like a tv show with those things right and, yeah that's standard <laughs> sounds great i mean it looks very bougie and I it's like it. yeah it's what people bring out like that cheese platter with the crackers and shit like that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 there you go I mean, who doesn't love cheese and crackers, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, why you got to call it a sh shark? Yeah, whatever. Right. You're just out here, like, really elevating just cheese and crackers. All right. All right. <laughs> Yo, you should have seen me try to type that out in Google. Like, I, I couldn't find it forever because I was like, <laughs> charcuterie board, charcuterie board. I was, like, all over the place. It took me so long to find it. Somebody email me, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting, too, like, because... I'm wondering, like your experience now in corporate America, is it, is it like those Idaho days where like you stood out and that's a good thing, but also a bad thing? Like what, what was that like too? And I'm sure like your, your role now compared to like when you first started working, was so different, right? You probably, your confidence level in who you were, it was probably so different, right? Like maybe start out with like your first job and compared to like where you are now, not necessarily where you work, but like you yourself, like, is there a growth? Are you the same person? Like, what is that like? Definitely not the same person. I am far more confident and you know, I, I don't wanna say this in like a like a like a ratchet way, but I really give no fucks. Like, yes. <laughs> like and in that in the most beautiful way possible, right? Cause like yeah. at first it was like a very like, well, I want them to like me and I also like, you know, don't wanna ruffle feathers and all that good stuff. Now I'm just like, well fuck it, I'm gonna tell you what it is and how it is and how it should be done. Um, based on my experience, which is why you hired me right mm -hmm. you looked at my resume you said it was dope and then now there's no like <laughs> it is dope <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> but don't sit there and like question it when i tell you something you know because that's a lot you know you're 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 juggling i mean as a woman right i'm juggling being a woman um mm -hmm. being you know a minority a brown lady <laughs> and also just being young right because mm -hmm. i've been put in different situations like when i first started I was petrified, right? Like when I first got my my job um, out of college, that was like a big girl job. It was at a consulting firm in Houston. Wow. <clears throat> it was intense. It was really, really intense. I think I cried like four times. Um, wow. And it wasn't because, <laughs> it was really intense. Um, what was so intense about it? It just, the, the, the amount of work and the expectations did not match up, right? Mm. And people would just lose their shit constantly. And I'm not used to that. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm a very calm person. Like if something goes down, I think I'm the best person to have around because I analyze it. Like, I don't, I don't not, it's just like emotions go out the window and I'm just like, all right, let's look at it from different angles. Right. Find a solution. Um, <clears throat> whereas people don't do that. Some people don't. Right. But I tend to be very calm, cool, and collected. Right. Um, when it's like petty stuff, I'm extra. <laughs> you know what I'm like something really important i got you you know like i'll be fine i'll be chill um <laughs> and at work that's who i tend to be right i tend to be very calm and, and like all right like let's assess the situation but everyone was in such like high emotions constantly that that was not not who i was right i was more of like oh my god what are we gonna do um and it was that just was such you? a <laughs> It was so stressful. Like, I wasn't the only one that cried. I remember, like, we had, like, a special spot where we would just go and just, like, gather ourselves. Wow. Um, yeah. It was why, was, 
why was why why did you cry versus other people was it just the pressure or it was the pressure it was the pressure because one it's like my first big girl job yeah. so obviously i want to destroy it right mm-hmm. um and like it was a tax consulting firm I'm not gonna name names you know but yeah <laughs> no shade um yeah. but if you just google it you'll know no, it's, a- <laughs> <laughs> it's fine it's fine um and <laughs> they had really like they were they were swimming in dough. Like they had so much money, right? Um, <clears throat> so every quarter they had like $25,000 bonuses, right? For a specific project manager, right? And my project manager, cause I was a project coordinator. My project manager wanted that bonus. Obviously it's 25 grand a quarter. I would want that bonus too. If that was like what I was, you know, that's a great incentive. Obviously I never got that bonus cause I was only a project coordinator. Um, <laughs> you know, we never got anything. And you know, like she was just, like on like you know if if, if there's like a, a scale of like stress if you know one to ten she's like a 15 constantly because she was like i want that bonus i want that bonus and i was like ma'am it's day two i just started i don't know what you're talking about like, <laughs> you know like can you chill out we would have like to manage like 89 projects right that's a lot of projects to manage um and these are like property mod- it was just a lot right and she like expected you to know every single thing about each project and that was that was just not possible right like i've never really done this before right this is my first time doing this and i really get back that good of a training either um so the pressure was like if she would like turn to me she'd be like all right what's going on with this property or this thing and then i'd be like i don't know (laughs) but i know about this other property you know and then she'd be like that's not what i'm asking so it was that along with like the lack of like people just didn't know what the engineer doing versus the accountants versus like us Mm -hmm. right so there was Mm -hmm. a disconnect between all of us because everyone was working on their own timelines um and then whenever we had to deliver something to the client it just felt really hard on us because we were the ones delivering it but we were doing it based on what the information that we got it was just a lot and i just remember one time like (laughs) i don't remember what director he was but he was a director and he like yelled at me I honestly don't know what I did wrong because I did what I was told. That's why I cried because I was just so confused with what was happening, right? Um, and everyone else was too. So we were all like, this is what we were told to do. Um, and, you know, it wasn't like a regular yelling. He like cursed me out and it was like, like a straight, like, what the fuck were you thinking? You know, like, you just tore me that's, a new one and I had just like started. That's and ridiculous. I that and cried. <laughs> that's so. ridiculous. I don't, I like, that's not gonna help anybody i i never understood like why people did that yeah it was horrible i think i was there for like four months and then i i did i was like yeah this is i don't know it's just like you don't want to be emotionally abused for job that's just not yeah Um, and do you think was it just you or were there other were like people in general just being emotionally abused yeah it was everybody in our team was emotionally abused right and that's why a lot of people left and like people they wouldn't even put two weeks in they would just dip they would just bounce (laughs) uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna take a lunch break and never came back (laughs) and i was like that's a good indicator that's super toxic here guys just an fyi right um but i've always thought that like that was normal because it was so but it's not right like but like when you first come out and this is like your first experience you're like wow the world is cold (laughs) um i don't like it um so i quit that job and i also quit because i was moving to st louis with the person that I was dating at the time. Um, and I got into another job and I was expecting basically the same level of disrespect. It's just like, you know, audacity. Uh, so because of, <laughs> because of that experience, you thought like, that's what, that's just how, that's how it's going to be moving forward. But like, fuck it. I need a job. I need a check. Right. Exactly. Right. Like I don't have the luxury to be all choosy. Right. Beggars can't right. be choosy. So I was just like, all right, I'm going to go to St. Louis. And right. I got this job at this uh, reinsurance company. And it was not like that at all, which is great. It was fantastic. But it was kind of different because um, St. Louis, I don't know if you've been to uh, Missouri. Um, Missouri is interesting because, especially St. Louis, because it's like a very, it's a very segregated place. Um, and, you know, the person that I was currently dating was black. And I mean, he still is. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's white now. He's white now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant like he's still alive and thriving. Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if he is. You know, hopefully he is. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyways, like he, you know, he's black. <laughs> he was there, and 
there was like a big like it was a thing right where like it's just i've never felt such racial tension at work than i did there and i didn't know that because st louis is so like it's so it's so black like there's a lot of black people in st louis yeah. but there's like, apparently it's just like it's, it was it was awful right i remember like the lady that like hired me and trained me um, she would ask me questions, you know, personal questions. And at work, I tend to not like like to answer those questions, but I was like, I mean, you keep asking the same questions, so I'm gonna answer it. So I kept kind of just like dismissing it a little bit. And she asked me like my like my current boyfriend's name, right? And I was just like, oh, his name is blah blah. And then she was just like, is he not white? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, no, he's not. He's black. And then she was like. But I thought you would date a white man. I don't know. It was really awkward. Super what? Awkward. That's so weird. Isn't it? It was so weird. So like I couldn't even really be myself because it was I was already kind of like like I don't know. It was just it just felt really awkward because like I never really thought about that. You know, like <laughs> And and people and people wonder why people make close friends groups and like don't share certain things. We, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, honestly, I, it was shocking. It was very shocking because I never even thought about that. I never really sat there and I was like, oh, is that a bad thing? You know, like, <laughs> you know but she made it sound like it was bad, you know? Was, I think we were having like a work event and they yeah. asked me if I was going to bring him. And then, you know, what's his name or whatever. And then I, you know, said whatever. And yeah, and then it was more of like, she was like, you know what? I don't even care if you do come to the work event type situation, right? Because he's black. Wow. Um, and I was like, well, you know what? Fuck your work event. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck your charcuterie. Fuck your charcuterie board. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just cheese and crackers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> how did how did that? I'm so curious. Like, how did that impact you moving forward? Like, did you feel like because of that you were like, shit? Well, you know what? Next time they ask me a personal question, I'm just gonna like avoid it. Like, you know, it, it, I did do that. I did do that. Um, and you know, normally like growing up because, you know, I haven't had the best experiences. Like, you know, I've, I've felt a lot of racism, right. You know, in Boise and, you know, St. Louis, never in Houston, never in big cities because big cities tend to be, you know, diverse. Yeah. That's, that's what makes it big. Right. But when you go <laughs> to like a smaller situation, right. You really feel the tension. Um, so I've always been a little like, you know, I'm a little standoffish of sharing like my life and, and just, you know, getting close to people that weren't, you know, Hispanic or black. Right. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of stuck with those people because I feel like they understand me the most. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we get each other a lot better. Um, but with other people, I always felt like I had to explain myself a lot and I don't like doing that. Right. Like you're getting, if you want me, the raw and filter me, then just, just, just shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But then I have to sit here and explain all these things. It's just, it's a lot of work for, for, for honestly, for a, for a relationship that's just not gonna, it's just not a natural relationship for me because I feel like you don't really accept me the way that I am. I accept you in all your, you know, whatever things, right? Um, but I feel like, like that was a prime example, right? Like, like, I, I didn't mind her, like, I liked her, but then when she said that, I, was, I have zero tolerance for that, like, mm -hmm. zero, <laughs> that was it, that was the last conversation I had with her, because I just mm -hmm. cannot, like, I think that's so ignorant, and so, so disrespectful, and just so hurtful, um, and like, what, like, what, what, it was like 2013, you know what I mean, like, can you, like, what, is this like 1940, like, what are you talking about, <laughs> <laughs> and first of all, man, like, I'm, I'm brown, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I come from a very diverse background, right, so that's also, like, just because to you, I'm not, like, black or whatever, it doesn't mean that, you know, I don't know, I may have some, right, but for you, you know, because I'm Hispanic, I'm Latin, like, we are a mixture of many things, yeah. and for you to sit there and be just, like, super disrespectful because he's black is just, oh. and also, like, I loved him, right, so if you yeah. disrespected him, it was an issue, right. Um, like you disrespect to him, you disrespect me, kind of thing. Exactly right. Like I was, I was done with it. But it was, it was a thing that happened in St. Louis a lot. It wasn't just that job. Because like after I quit that job, because I was just over the job, I just, I had, I, you know, at a certain point, I want to like, I don't want to be in the same place after a year. I want to like move up, 
right? Yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. Hello, <laughs> progress. Um, and <laughs> that wasn't happening. So I moved on to this financial firm um, and it was a really small like wealth management firm. And yeah, it was, it was a very, it was a thing there too when they found out. Really? So it's just like back to back to back. Yeah. And they would ask me like, I remember one of them, she was really sweet. And I think she was like, like, I, I can tell she was trying to make the effort of just, you know, not being ignorant. And I was like, I'm here for it. Like, I will help you, you know, this, this fuckery from you. (laughs) (laughs) That, oh my God, that's going to be the name of the episode. Unleash the fuckery. some sage up in this bitch because girl like <laughs> you know so i would educate her on like the history and the things right um and st louis like they still had this thing that actually like you know like my ex was part of where you know you would essentially take kids from like very poor neighborhoods yeah. and like you mm-hmm. know take them to like a white school or something right and like one of them was like super anti doing that right she was like but they're being taken away from their friends and i was like the education level, ma'am, like, who cares about that? And she was like, but wouldn't you want to be next to your friends? And I was like, I can make friends anywhere, ma'am, apparently not here, but I can make friends anywhere, right? But what about my future, my education? Like, the quality of education is completely different. The books are even, like, outdated as hell. Like, this is, like, uh, this is why they're doing it. It's an issue. And for you to sit here and be opposed to it because of friendships, which I'm, to me, it was very underlying to just, you just wanted to keep the place very segregated, right? Um, and that's, that's not cool. Like, I'm actually reading this book, it's called The Color of Law, and it breaks mm-hmm. up, like, how the government segregated the United States, right? And it was... <laughs> yeah, like, urban, it urban planning and all those things as well, yeah. Yeah, it was very, very in your face, but a lot of people don't want to say it is, right? A lot yeah. of people, people want to say that. People think it's people. just, like, co- coincidental. It's so intentional. Yeah. It was never coincidental. So everyone is very sweet until they, they talk. Because <laughs> they don't really know what they're saying, you know? I'm like, are you like, are you really saying these things? Because like, outside of like having these conversations, like just, you know, like regular work to work, like dependability, all that good stuff, like, great, amazing coworkers, right? But when it came to, to those conversations, it was just like, I was dumbfounded by, by the ignorance in 2013 by these grown-ass women because I was what 23 um y'all are like y'all got families (laughs) you know what I'm saying y'all got the kind of my age you know what I'm saying like y'all should be a little bit more educated on your city's history period right like I literally just moved here and I'm over here like like you know spitting facts when you should be doing that you should be telling me more about your city right um yeah it was very interesting and like that's how you get promoted like at the end of the day like we all have the same skills like how how a lot of people get promoted is like building relationships with people in leadership positions and you're not the way you build relationships is like having those conversations you know what i mean and a lot of us avoid them because well a lot of us aren't even placed in those conversations right but when we are we step into them then like shit like that happens and we're just like all right well i'm just gonna sit back and do my work and focus on my work and not build those relationships (laughs) right I remember I had like a, a really, we didn't even work that day. It was like me and the CEO, um, like the business owner. And we had like a really deep conversation on racism. He was very open-minded, um, but he just sat there and like listened to me. And, and that was really great. Like he was, he was very, he was a very kind man, um, but he just wasn't aware of different things. Right. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, you grow up in like your little bubble, right. Your little yeah. rich, predominantly white bubble um, yeah. that you're not very like, you're not exposed to different things so you make a lot of assumptions right and I'm a very understanding and patient person so I don't mind sitting here and like explaining things to you Um, but it's more of like the approach right like how you come at me um, for that information right when you like just look at me in disgust because my my boyfriend is black it's just like all right fuck you like (laughs) you know what I mean like that's fucked up like then how you know what I'm saying like you you're just racist as fuck like why why would i even like what like there's nothing to discuss just leave right um mm-hmm. but if you're you know like trying to really just stop being ignorant and 
you know, just be a fucking good person, then yeah, by all means, come into my office. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, so we did that. I'm so curious too, like how much, because like you've had some of these experiences and now you're at a level of just like, I don't give a fuck, which is beautiful. But I wonder, like, are there still certain things where I kind of give a fuck about that? Like, I don't want to share that. You know what I mean? Like, do you see yourself in certain situations where you're like, I'm still not comfortable? Or are you just like 100%, you know what? I'm, I don't give a fuck about everything and I'm good. This is me. Like, So I honestly am at that level because I've been... I've been so like edited, right? Like I've been so edited for so long that I, like I've reached the point, like I'm 30, right? Like I'm very, very comfortable. Oh, me too. Life. Big three. Oh, yes. 90s babies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And like, I feel like I'm at the point where I really, really, really understand who I am, what I want, who I am. I've worked really, really hard to be this really like understanding, like compassionate, you know, person that I am now that I, I do not take any shit, right? <laughs> Don't get it twisted, right? <laughs> so I've become like the person that I've always wanted to be, right? Because I've always been very insecure. Um, I've always felt like kind of muddled down, a watered down version of myself, which made me extremely sad. Um, and, and that's just not going to cut it, right? Like it, it applies to work as well as any relationship that I have, right? What you get is what you get. And if you don't like it, I, you know, then, you know, go on somewhere else, right? Because that's fine. Um, and that's, that's exactly how I am right now at work. Um, well, I'm my, I'm my, I'm my um, previous job, but I think what, <laughs> I think I, I was a little too extra. <laughs> like at first, um, I used to be like invited to like, like, you know, top level, like meetings, like top level management meetings. And I remember the last one I was invited to, I said, dope. And like literally everybody just stopped talking because I said so. <laughs> like the DJ starts like, Whoa! right? <laughs> everybody stopped taking notes. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was like, word. Um, it was a dope idea. Like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and that was the last meeting they invited me to, right? Which I thought was trash because, you know, from just. For me, like an outspoken person, because I am very outspoken now versus, you know, the person that I used to be where I was just very like in my feelings and I just couldn't speak um, because I couldn't speak. Right. Uh, now I'm like, I have a voice. I'm going to say what I need to say. You may not like it, but I'm not going to be rude or anything. I'm just going to let you know, hey, this is wrong and this is why or this is right. Good job. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you what it is. And at my job, my, at my old job, because I don't work there anymore. Um, there were a lot of things that weren't right, <laughs> you know? And, you know, when I was hired, I was told that I could do what I wanted with the role, right? And I could just make the role my own. And I was like, great. That's basically why I took the job, right? Like I took the job because I was told that, you know, all the, cause I have a very diverse background in like professionally, right? Um, I was told that, you know, you could essentially take from like all the different things that you've done and, and do what you want to do with the position, right? And I was so excited and that's not what happened, right? So like when I would call them out and be like, mm, yeah, we shouldn't do that from like an SEO perspective, right? They'd be like, yeah, um, you're stepping on toes. That's really not your department or you shouldn't say, but I'm like, I understand that that's not my department, but a lot of people are talking about it like they know what they're doing and we're, <laughs> we're not doing well. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what reports you're looking at, but I'm looking at other reports. The reports that you should be looking at and it's just not looking good right and I would say that to them and it was more of like yeah like let's not do that or like whenever I had an idea after my dope incident <laughs> like, it was it was like uh like nah, I don't know I don't know we should do that you know I had like a really good example which I brought up in my exit interview because I was like all right we got time today so let's, let's go ahead and disclose things right um and I like told them that we should do in-app marketing and, you know, I laid out, you know, like, you know, 80% of our customers do this, blah, blah, blah. Like I had data because I love numbers, right? I feel like everything should be proof. Like, why are we doing this? All right. Numbers, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and my boss was like, I just think they're annoying. And I was like, ads are annoying, period. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like no, you know, it's our job to make them enjoyable. It's our job to just 
kind of massage the message a little bit and make sure that you know it goes in there as smoothly as possible but nine times out of ten we all aren't fond of that i don't know anyone that's like i can't wait to see the next ad you know (laughs) (laughs) who's ever said that like if i'm scrolling through like my apps or whatever i'm not here for like the ads right and we didn't do anything and then all of a sudden like the cmo hit us up and she was like oh, the people in Italy are doing in-app ads and they're doing fantastic. Why aren't we doing this? And I like, I had to just sit there and cross my arms and I was like, I don't know, ask my boss, why are we doing this? <laughs> you know, so right now at this point, I'm at the point where if I am not my authentic self, then I don't want to be in that space. I love that. And just, <laughs> just, to wrap, just to wrap up, like what's one thing that continues to inspire and empower you to be continue being your most authentic self i think it's just being the voice of little like brown girls like myself you know i think it just it takes you have to see it right and i wasn't able to see it right um and i think when you when you see it when you when you because <laughs> i've inspired a lot of my coworkers actually when i do that you know they like they're like oh that's fantastic like let me say what i need to say yeah say what you need to say um and if they don't listen then then, then just just look for another job <laughs> <laughs> right but i think just being being the person that you kind of needed is 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 what inspires me <laughs> <laughs>